Well, good morning, church. My name's Kramer. I get the gift to be one of the pastors here at HCC. Uh, I'm incredibly excited to share what I feel like God uh, has put on my heart for our community together this morning. I'm wearing this blue sweater because I got it for Christmas and my wife says that it brings out my eyes. I'm wearing these boots because I find confidence in them. And I'm wearing these pants because they're the only ones that fit my little legs. And I know I'm really thin and I might blow away in the wind, but that's fine. But I'm wearing this and I hope it blesses your life this morning. (laughs) We're going to take the next few moments. We're going to look at a story together out of the Bible. Uh, And I believe that there's no perfect people allowed in church. That whatever you came in here with believing or thinking about God, uh, I still truly believe that the God of everything desires to speak into your life this morning. You might be sitting around some people who, uh, who look like they have it all together. Don't worry. They don't. None of us do. So it's a good place to be in church this morning. My hope for us as a community that maybe as we head into this new year, that we wouldn't focus on a bunch of things or more things, but maybe just one thing. And the title that I'm giving this morning's message and what I'm calling it is one thing. One thing. So do me a favor. Turn to the person next to you and say, not all the other things. Now turn to the other person, your second choice, and say, just the one thing. We're going to pick it up. In Luke chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 38, we're going to be reading to verse 42. Uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Uh, you might find yourself familiar with this story, or you might be in here and you've never heard this story before. Either way, I believe that God wants to speak to us through his word. This is what the Bible says. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, And listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So right here in this story, the Bible opens us up, and Jesus is on the scene. And he's invited into Martha and Mary's house. And in this moment, Martha, the Bible says, is doing a lot of serving. Which sounds awesome and sounds good, but it's distracting her from what the Bible says is the one thing that's important. And the Bible kind of changed scenes and introduces us to Mary, her sister, who's just kicking it at the Lord's feet. Just chilling and relaxing. And the Bible says is listening to the teachings of Jesus. And then a little moments go by and Martha barges and says, Lord, would you tell, Mar- or would you tell Mary to get up and help me? And I love it. Jesus responds, Martha, come on, girl. There's only one thing to be important in this room. And that's me. And it will not be taken away from your sister Mary. Friends, this morning, my hope is that through God's word, Heading into this new year, you and I will be encouraged that only one thing is necessary, and his name is Jesus. And as we dive in together, would you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you so much right now for these moments that we get to share together as a community. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would speak, because these are just empty words if they're mine. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would continue to move and work in us this morning. 
And that, Lord God, you would do what only you can do. And that you would draw us to yourself. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Show of hands. Anybody ever invite anyone over to their house before? Yeah? Hey, look at that. I love inviting people over to my house. I love hosting people. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And like in the morning when I invite someone over, like into the morning and in the afternoon, I'm pretty relaxed. They're going to come over that evening. I'm just kind of chilling. Like it's going to be a good time. But then always, like an hour before they get there, I start freaking out. It happened like when I was a kid. Like it was like an hour before all the people came over to your mom and dad's house. It was like, oh my gosh, we got to clean everything. And it still happens in my life now. Like an hour before they show up, I'm like, we got to vacuum everything. We got to fluff the pillows. We got to hide all the flaming Hot Cheetos. We got to get those like Doritos out of here. We got to get the dirty clothes, shove them into the closet. We got to make it look like there is no trace of life in this house. You ever experienced that? And then all of a sudden it's like you hear the knock on the door. And they're there, and it's like, whoa, wait, is there any trace of life anywhere? No. Okay, let them in. And then you let them in, and it's fine, and it's okay, and it was a great time together. But for me, and maybe you can relate to that, when you have people over to your house, right before they kind of get there, chaos breaks out. And you kind of feel like everything's got to be put together, everything's got to be perfect. Or maybe for you, you're always trying to impress your friends. You're always trying to keep up with everybody else and make sure you have the right things. Make sure you have the nice things. Make sure that you've got it all going on so you can oppress the people that are around you. Or maybe for you, you think, man, if I could just achieve more at work, if I could just get that promotion, if I could just change jobs, then maybe I'll feel a little fulfilled and satisfied by my work And then maybe I'll focus on the relationships in my life that might matter. Or maybe for you, you try to pretend like everything's picture perfect. So you make sure that your life looks perfect. You post all the pretty photos. You got it all together. When you walk by, people are like, oh, dang. Man, they got it all together. But they just can't see because... You've been wearing the mask for so long that you're pretty good at hiding the chaos that's under the surface. And maybe the community that you hang around is so good at pretending too. It seems that you and I have a lot in common in humanity. We love doing. We love going and going and going. We love achieving and achieving and achieving. We love attaining more. I'll be the first to admit it. I love it. I got a chance for more. I got a chance for next. I got a chance to do a lot. Yeah, I want to do that. And please hear me. There is nothing wrong with wanting more for your life. There is nothing wrong with working hard and giving it all that you've got. There's nothing wrong with being super productive. I just wonder sometimes if we go about it in the wrong way. That we as humanity go about life hurrying and hoping for more when I think the teachings of Jesus might show us something opposite. We all get excited and spun up over many things when Jesus says, whoa, whoa, wait. But only one thing is needed. Only one thing is necessary. And that's why I love this story so much in the Bible and the scriptures of what we just read in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. 
it completely turns upside down what you and I would think is important or necessary. The Bible starts us out and Jesus is invited over to Mary and Martha's house. And notice in this story, there are two totally different ways that these sisters are relating with Jesus. One, Martha, the Bible records, is distracted. And she's doing all this stuff and she's hustling about the house. And the other, Mary, the Bible records, is just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Imagine this. You invite the Son of God over to your house. God in a bod, God with skin and bone on, move into the neighborhood and you invite him over. I freak out when normal people come into my home. Imagine this, you invite the Son of God over. I would be going crazy. I would make sure Jesus didn't see the flaming Hot Cheetos squished into the carpet. I would be throwing everything away. I'd be trying to cook the nicest food. I'd be hustling about. And that's exactly what we see that Martha is doing in this story. Martha, the Bible says in verse 40, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Martha was distracted with much doing. The Savior of the world is in Martha's house, but she's too distracted with all the other things to notice how awesome it is to just be with Jesus. And then the Bible goes on and it says that Martha says to Jesus, Lord, Do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So first, Martha's distracted. And then second, she commands Jesus, Hey, tell my sister to stop being so preoccupied with you and come and help me with what's really important. I wonder how many times that's you and me. I wonder how many times you and I are distracted from Jesus with what we think is important. We think all these other things in our life are so important and we get distracted from the one thing that actually matters. I believe that if Jesus is anything, then He must be everything. That if Jesus is who He says that He is, then He is all that matters. And if that's true, then why are we so distracted with all this other stuff? I think it's pride. I think that we as humanity have a pride problem. The Bible says in verse 39 of this story, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Mary, the Bible says, is sitting at the feet of Jesus and just listening to him. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of feet. Like if someone invited me over to their home, I wouldn't be like looking for a spot to six neck to some toes. Like that doesn't sound awesome to me. But that's exactly where Mary is in this story. And I think it's incredible because in this time period when we're reading this story where Mary and Martha are at, to sit at someone's feet is the ultimate sign of humility. To be at someone's feet means that you dropped your own status, you dropped your own achievements, you dropped your own success, you dropped your own ego, you dropped your own pride, and you put yourself under someone who was greater than you. So in this moment in the Bible, as Mary is at the feet of Jesus, is a moment where we see someone drop all of themselves 
and rest in the peace and joy of Jesus. How crazy is this? Mary is at the feet of Jesus. Mary is at the feet of the Savior of the world. Mary is at the feet of the Lord of Lords, King of Kings. Mary is at the feet of the Son of God. And all too often, you and I are too distracted with everything else to join her there. This isn't the only time Mary is found in the Scriptures, in the Bible, at the feet of Jesus. It's incredible. Mary is found at the feet of Jesus three, a total of three times. One time when her brother Lazarus has just died. And the Bible records that Jesus comes up on the scene and Mary sees Jesus and runs and falls down at his feet and is weeping. The next, the Bible records that Jesus is hanging out in some highly religious elite Pharisees' homes. And there's a bunch of them there. And Mary comes in a place where she shouldn't even be. And she goes and she sits at Jesus' feet. And the Bible even goes further and records that she anoints his feet with expensive perfume and lotion. And then third, this story. Mary and Martha are in their own home. And the peace and comfort of their own place. And they invite Jesus in. And Mary, the Bible says, is found at the feet of Jesus. I think it's awesome because in these three moments, I think the Bible tells us and shows us that maybe the best place that we could ever be is at the feet of Jesus with the one thing that matters. Because you see, in this first moment, Mary is experiencing extreme grief when her brother dies. And where is she? The feet of Jesus. In the next moment, Mary is experiencing extreme insecurity and extreme loneliness. And where is she? At the feet of Jesus. And in this next moment, I find the most interesting. Mary is in complete comfort and peace of her own home. And yet, where is she? At the feet of Jesus. I don't know about you and your life, but I've experienced grief and pain. I've experienced tons of insecurity and loneliness. I've experienced comfort and peace. But in all of my experiences, I have very rarely been found running and searching for the feet of Jesus. But I think what's incredible is that the Bible shows us that maybe the best place that we could ever be is with the one thing that matters, Jesus and at the feet of Him. You see, Jesus invites you and I to come and be at His feet and listen to His teaching. To hear more about who He is and who He says that we are. But for some reason, we think all of these other things are more important. Hundreds of years before Mary and Jesus, in the older part of the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the book of Exodus, there's this dude and his name's Moses. And he asked God, if he can see God's face. And God replies to Moses, if you were to see my face, the glory would be so much for you that you would die. You see, because hundreds of years ago before Mary and Jesus' time, when Moses was roaming the earth, there was no way to connect fully with God. That because of the brokenness and sin of humanity, we had no chance of connecting with God. That before Jesus, there was no way to be around God. It would be too much. And God responds to Moses in Exodus 
that the best that he could probably do is get near God's back. That was the closest that he could get. And later on in the book of Exodus, when Moses comes down off the mountain, after having an encounter with God, the Bible says that Moses' face is so bright with the radiance of the glory of God that people can't even look at him. God during Moses' time was so unapproachable, so high and so holy, and there was no way of connecting with him. But Moses wanted to connect with God so bad. Moses wanted to see God so bad. Moses wanted to be in communion with God so bad. Imagine this. Imagine if Moses were present today and were here to hear the message that he could sit at the feet and be with Jesus. That he could rest in the presence and in the fullness of God through his son, Jesus. My friend Tim Keller would say Moses would cry out to us. Do you realize what this means? This very thing that I was denied and now Jesus is inviting you to come and be in relationship and intimate friendship with him? Are you kidding me? Do you realize how awesome this is? Moses would say, where is your joy? Where is your amazement? This should be the driving force of your life. This should be everything that you chase after. This should be the one thing that matters. But sadly, for a lot of us, we're so caught up with all of the other things that we lose sight of how awesome it is to sit at the feet of Jesus. And then we can't see the way of Jesus and the love of Jesus and the joy of Jesus. We get distracted and we got bored. Dare I say it, maybe we even got bored with Jesus. Church, we got to get back to the feet of Jesus. We got to get back to the only thing that matters. Can I encourage you this morning, the longing, the success, the status, the purpose that you crave, the satisfaction that you desire, the more, the more, the more, the going, the going, the going of all the other things are no match for the one thing of Jesus. And that one thing, when we seek after it with all of our heart, and we come and we sit at the feet of Jesus, we start to realize who He is. We start to see Jesus for Jesus. We stop seeing Jesus for what all of His followers look like. We stop seeing Jesus for what everybody else says that he is. We stop seeing Jesus for what organizations have misportrayed him as. We stop seeing Jesus wrong. And we start seeing Jesus for who he says he is. And when we see Jesus for Jesus, I promise you that all of the desires you have will be met in the one thing of him. Because when we sit at the feet of Jesus... We start to see who He is. We start to hear His message. We start to experience His love. And from that place, all of a sudden, our perspective, it starts to change. And from the feet of Jesus, we begin to see who we are. And we begin to realize the truth 
that we have nothing to prove because we are in fact sons and daughters of the Most High God. We start to get our identity from Jesus. We start to get our purpose from Jesus. We start to get our joy from Jesus. We start to get all that we are from the one thing that matters. And that's Jesus. But when we leave the feet of Jesus, we start to get our pride back. We start running around and we start thinking, oh, I can do this on my own. And pride wells up within us. Like, Man, I'll be good. I'm good. I'll just keep going. And all of a sudden we start going faster. We try trying harder. We start trying to achieve more. We keep going and going and going. And all of a sudden we start caring about all the other things. And our heart gets hard. And we abandon the feet of Jesus so that we can take up our pride in ourselves. And all of a sudden when we do that, we start trying to love people. But there's no way that we could ever love people like Jesus calls us to love them when we spend no time with the one who the Bible says is love. How on earth are we as Jesus followers supposed to go out into this world and love people like Jesus when we won't sit at the feet of Jesus and learn from the teachings of Jesus about who we're supposed to love and how we're supposed to love? When we leave the feet of Jesus... We cannot see how and who we are called to be and called to love. When Jesus came to earth, all of a sudden, he started loving people that nobody else cared about. When Jesus left heaven and came to earth, he flipped it all upside down and started loving people that you and I probably constantly ignored. And when we spend time at the feet of Jesus... We start to see those people through Jesus' eyes. We start to drop our pride. We start to drop our ego. You know what ego stands for? Edging God out. And all of a sudden, when we dismiss our ego and we dismiss our pride and we sit at the feet of Jesus, we realize who we're called to go and love. Now, it's not about not getting things done. It's not about not working hard and giving it all you've got. It's not about just being lazy and sitting there and being like, man, you know what? Kramer told me I just got to sit at the feet of Jesus. I'm just going to sit here and do nothing with my life. No. The Bible says that you have a work to do. That we are called to go out to this world and share the good news of Jesus. That he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We got to go. We got to work. We got to give it all that we've got. But sitting at the feet of Jesus is a heart posture. It's a heart posture that says, I'm going to care more about the one thing of Jesus than all of the other things. Because when your heart shifts to care about the one thing of Jesus, you start to realize from the feet of Jesus who you are. And when we know who we are, we can do all that God has called us to do. And at the feet of Jesus, we see the truth about who we are. Remember in this story that Mary is at the feet of Jesus and she is actively listening, the Bible says, to his teachings. And the teachings of Jesus say, when we choose to be in relationship with him, that you are a child of God. 
that you are loved, that you are chosen, that you are set apart, that you can experience joy, that you have been set free, that you have been given new life. In this story, in verse 41, the Lord answers Martha about her request to make Mary come and help her. And Jesus says, in verse 41, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Notice what Jesus says. Notice what Jesus says. First, He says, Mary has chosen the one thing. Me. Mary has chosen to hang out with me, Martha. The one thing. Jesus says that the one thing is Himself. But then Jesus goes on and He says, and it will not be taken from her. How comforting is that? That if you and I willingly choose to put ourselves at the feet of Jesus, Jesus Himself promises that He will never take Himself from us. That He will never leave us. That He will never forsake us. That He will never deny us. But in fact, that if we choose to be at the feet of Jesus, He will always be for us. And He will always be with us. And He will always believe the best about us. The teachings of Jesus say, seek first the kingdom of God. And all these other things will be added to you. Seek Jesus. Sit at the feet of Jesus. And then all of a sudden, all of the other things, they start to find their place. The teachings of Jesus say that if you want to find your life, you got to lose your life. You got to let yourself go. You got to deny yourself and follow after Jesus. When you deny yourself and you give up your pride, in that moment, you can experience life. When you give all of yourself away, then all of the sudden you discover who you are. And who God made you to be. Mary in this story demonstrates for us what it means to lose your life and simply just sit at the feet of Jesus and learn the truth about who He says that you are and the life that He has called you to live. I want to encourage you this morning as we head into this new year together as a community when you let go of all of the other things and sit at the feet of Jesus with the one thing that matters, you begin to see and understand who you are. You begin to see and understand who He says that you are. When you sit at the feet of Jesus and give Him all you've got, all your brokenness, all your hurt, all your guilt, all your shame, all your ego, all your pride, when you give Him all of yourself, your whole heart, your whole life, and you rest at the feet of Jesus, all that you and I could ever ask or imagine will be met by Him. Because at the feet of Jesus is love and peace forevermore. At the feet of Jesus, your world does not get smaller. At the feet of Jesus, your world gets bigger. It gets bigger and exceedingly and abundantly more awesome than you and I could ever ask or imagine because at the feet of Jesus is life. And at the feet of Jesus, you are satisfied because my friend Jesus says that there is only one thing that is needed. There is only one thing that is necessary. And it's Jesus. 
Always only just Jesus. Come on, let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you so much that we did nothing to earn or achieve your love, but that you sent Jesus for us so that we could experience new life. Lord Jesus, thank you that you don't ask us to clean ourselves up, but you simply ask that we would deny and repent of ourselves and come and sit at your feet. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would move and work within us in this new year, that we would find enough courage that in our grief, in our pain, in our insecurity, in our loneliness, and in our comfort and in our peace, that we would search and we would run to the feet of Your Son, Jesus. Lord God, we thank You so much for Your incredible love for us. Would You teach us more about who You say that we are? And would we rest in the truth that because of Jesus, we can be sons and daughters of You, God? Lord, we love You. We praise You. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.